0: welcome to the show this is mainstreaming the facts where i'm gonna look at the facts and we're gonna get to the bottom of some things today's episode is about is donald trump a racist so i've heard many 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 times that donald trump is a racist i've been hearing it since he was elected i didn't know anything about him when he was elected i was not very political then i started paying attention after the las vegas massacres Because that was very disturbing and I wanted to know more. And I knew that mainstream media was not telling me the truth. Um, So since then, I've done a lot of research. And every time I hear someone say something about Trump, I always ask why. And I look into it. And a lot of times, it's very different than what the initial story is. So, you know, on my social media, especially right now in these times, it's very common to hear he's a racist, he's a Nazi, white supremacist. Let's define what a racist is. It's common to be a little bit racist, okay? We're we're used to what we know and when we're a little scared of what we don't know and cultures and people who look different, act different, talk different. It's just common. Um, I think most people are a little bit racist, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about extreme racism. We're talking about white supremacist Nazi and that's the level we're talking about, okay? So is Is Donald Trump an extreme racist, a white supremacist, Nazi? I don't think he is. I've looked into it a lot and I've looked at a lot of different information and me being an African-American doesn't make me an expert, but it does mean I'm probably not going to say that if I don't think it's true. Anyways, let's look at the facts. Let's start off with what they say proves that he's a racist. And this is the one I first looked into because it sounds crazy. I was like, I gotta hear that. Any presidential candidate that calls all Mexicans rapists, yeah, he's racist and there's no way he can win and everything you're saying is true. So I look into it, turns out that's not what he said.
1: When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you, they're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, They're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people.
0: Okay, so there you go. He did not call all Mexicans rapists. He said the ones that are sneaking over are not the best people. There's probably a lot of drug dealers, criminals, and rapists. And if you do any research on sex trafficking, it's a huge problem. It's not covered on mainstream media, but it is a huge problem. And it happens at the borders. It's dirty, dark, scary, evil. That's what happens at the borders. Um, And it's one of the issues that he's really cracking down on. But, so, didn't call all Mexicans rapists. Another one is, another big one is, he said that white supremacists are good people. Now that was in Charlottesville when they were protesting, um, taking down the Robert E. Lee statue and renaming the park.
1: But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly now in the other group also you had some fine people but you also had troublemakers and you see them come with the, with the black outfits and with the helmets and with the baseball bats you got a, you had a lot of bad you had a lot of bad people in the other group too
0: so there you go he didn't say that they were all white supremacists he pointed out that not everybody there was a white supremacist some people were protesting the taking down of the statue okay so slade he did not call white supremacists, good people. Another one that I just got into recently, darkness, darkness, was uh, the claim is that he said that um, the Central Park Five, he wanted them to reinstate the death penalty and they should all be killed basically. These boys, these young boys killed, these young black brown skinned boys. It's true, he did say it. And he rented a paper and then these boys were released because DNA evidence let them go. And Donald Trump did not apologize. And he basically still thinks they're guilty. Pretty harsh. Pretty I ain't gonna lie, that's pretty harsh. Donald Trump is ruthless. That's a fact, I would say. No, it's an opinion, but damn near a fact. To call for the death of five young boys, it's pretty ruthless. So I did my research. I watched the um, When They See Us documentary. I watched at least the beginning of it. I uh, I listened to the interviews of the young boys as adults. listened to the detective. I listened to a bit of the prosecutor. And all that was inconclusive, so I went right to the source and watched all seven of their confessions. I know this is Central Park Five, but I believe there was like seven uh, confessions. After watching the very first one, but I continued to watch them all. What the media is saying, what the documentary implies, is that these were forced confessions. And the boys were, are innocent. They, they were forced to confess to a crime they didn't commit. I challenge anybody to watch those confessions and tell me that you think those are forced. First of all, the parents are in the room, and some of them, right there. Boom, that's your dad. Okay. The prosecutor who's asking the questions is not leading. She's not like, and then you did this, right? No. She's like, and then what happened? And then what happened? Why would you do that? She's, she's, she's discovering things. All their stories corroborate, not perfectly like they're rehearsed, but close enough, sometimes they leave out, one leaves out this, one leaves out that, the timing's a little rearranged, but all of them say the same thing. They were going to that park, there was a group of 30 of them, to wild out, wild in, and they were going to beat the hell out of people and rob them for fun, and that's what they did. They Anybody who crossed their path, they pretty much tried to beat, except for, interestingly enough, and this is why I believe them, when you hear a story that's true, Truth has weird nuances and weird details that don't really make sense that you wouldn't make up, okay? And and when you're lying, it's very simplistic. It's like usually A plus B and C, and you don't. There's no like weird little details, in my opinion. I'm watching. There's all these weird little details. For instance, um, the first thing that they did when they went in the park, they saw this homeless dude. They beat him up and they took his food. Who's gonna? Who's? Gonna, that's not something you lie about. You don't lie about taking a homeless person's food. Like, and then multiple boys said that. No one's even think When you think of a homeless person, no one thinks that they have food. Okay? They said they, takes the, they tried the food and it was gross. They threw it out. Then, they, uh, then a guy and a girl on a date were walking. And they were going to attack him. And they decided to let them pass because the dude was on a date. That doesn't even make sense. That's why I believe him. That's how life works. Sometimes you're like... You know, oh, this dude's, this dude's cool looking. Maybe they knew him. Who knows? Let him pass. And then there was a bunch of other details. That corroborated. It was very vicious, very dark. They were just out there to beat the hell out of people. And then there's the issue of the DNA. And now the detective has a lot to say about that.
2: Why Eric was only his DNA found in the jogger?
3: His DNA only was found in the jogger because, well, first of all, if you look at the videos, every one of the kids said the same thing they were not able to perform sexually on the jogger and they pretended to have sex with them because they did not want to look like a punk in front of the rest. And if you think about it, you have a bunch of 13 and 14 year olds in the middle of Central Park, in the middle of the night, beating the life out of this woman that they don't know. And under those circumstances, would they be able to perform sexually? No. Who could perform sexually? The guy who raped his mother, the guy who was a serial rapist, The guy who raped, tortured, and killed a pregnant woman in front of her two children. That's the guy who is able to have sex and to complete the act in the middle of Central Park in front of everybody.
0: Once again, I looked into it, and from my perspective, these guys are guilty. They did it. They were there. They admitted to it. It was not forced. It's obvious if you watch them. They're available on YouTube, and it's crazy to me that they got $40 million, and now they're treated like heroes. A very strange world we live in. All right, so those are the biggest allegations. Oh, here's another one, uh, the allegation of him not renting to people of color. And I looked into that, and I can't tell what's true or not true. It was a long time ago. Uh, he got sued, Trump got sued, and his father and their organization, among other hotels and, or you know, apartments. And this was 30, 40 years ago when racism was way more prevalent. And Trump sued them back for defamation, and then they got caught again. Supposedly, a person of color will come to try to rent it. They'd say, oh no, we're, we're full, and then a white person will come. They'd be like, yeah, we got one. So I honestly think that may have happened some. Um, was it Trump's like direct order, or was it his father's? Who knows? So that's the one blemish that I could find out of all the, uh, uh, all the claims against him. I could find that. And that, it's not conclusive because I just couldn't find information that's, that when I looked into it, I'm like, oh, no, it's not true, like these other ones. So why do I think he's not a racist? Let's look into that, okay? Because I think this is important because you pe- people, liberals, Democrats, leftists, are throwing it around like it's a fact. And just because you hear something a bunch of times doesn't make it true. Facts make things true. Every time I ask somebody, "Oh, why is he a racist?" They bring up those things. Oh, they bring. Today, someone else brought up uh, him saying something about Indians at a trial. It's like these little tiny. Like you're gonna call him a racist by a bunch of words, a couple words here and there. It's not what a racist does. So here's why I don't think he's a racist. Um, first, he dated a black woman for two years in the '90s. I mean, right there, that's that's damn near a game ender for this whole debate. Cara Young, in fact she, a uh, New York Times, did an article and they asked her if he was a racist and she said I never heard him say a racist thing about any race. I would never go out with anybody
1: that was a racist, of course not, that's crazy.
0: Okay, so that's one big one. That, that wasn't like a fling, it's like oh two months, two years? Two years. That's a real relationship. And that was back in the 90's. So Another thing is he's got tons of black friends. How are you going to be racist with tons of black friends? Here's a list of some of his black friends. P. Diddy, Russell Simmons, Kanye West, Don King, Mike Tyson, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, Herschel Walker, Shaquille O'Neal. And then so they they were talking to Russell Simmons. He said, this is from Russell Simmons from the New York Times article. When Mr. Simmons was going through a divorce, Mr. Trump's teasing phone calls lifted his spirits. He'd say, funny stuff, Mr. Simmons said, adding that he had put Mr. Trump on speakerphone so that others could hear Mr. Trump's jovial taunts about his ex-wife's getting the upper hand in the divorce. He'd say, oh, she killed you. All right, so to me, when I'm hearing that, that's like actual friendship. That's not fake friendship. That's like friends who are teasing each other and having a good time and being there for each other in times of need. It's real friendship, okay? That's his one. Um, Don King. Semi-sketchy. What they say, what I heard about Trump is he likes people who are very successful. He doesn't care what race you are. He just likes successful people because he's successful. Makes sense to me. So Don King says, hey, that's my man. That's who he is. Discussing what he called Mr. Trump's outlandish remarks. To me, Donald is Donald. That's not a presidential endorsement, but it is a humanistic endorsement. That's real. That's real talk from a real friend. And then it also says, Mr. King, who over the years has found himself entangled in public disputes, hostile lawsuits, and accusations of fraud, said Mr. Trump would always be there to defend him. Real friend. Loyal. He's not afraid, Mr. King said. He's a counterpuncher. You throw a punch at him, he's going to throw one back. That's the other thing about Trump. He's always been the same way. He didn't change when he became president. How you see him now is how he's always been and how how he acts in front of the camera is how he acts behind the camera. That's what. Everybody says that I've heard talk about him. Also, I know people who know people who've met him. That doesn't say much, but only good things to say about him. So, you know, anecdotal, but true nonetheless. Herschel Walker, who's a badass. Woo, we should look at Herschel Walker. That dude is, he's a specimen. Football star, eats one meal a day, vegetarian. And uh, then he went MMA in his 50s. Like, we should study that dude. But he said... I don't think Donald is against Muslims or blacks or Hispanics, Mr. Walker said. I do know he's going to try to make this country safe. Just another powerful black man. Shaquille O'Neal, another friend of his, the NBA Hall of Famer has been a longtime friend of Trump. This is from the New York Daily News, calling him a straight-up guy. And then after the election, Shaq told The Hill, now that he's president-elect, you just hope that he can make the world a better place. He won fair and square. We have to give him a chance. There's no need talking about recounts and this and that, okay? And then here's a big one, Jesse Jackson.
3: Uh, I now want to bring forth a friend who has, uh, well, he is deceptive in that his social style is of such. One can miss his seriousness and his commitment for the success is beyond argument. Uh, When we open this, Wall Street project, and we talked about it. He gave us space at 40 Wall Street, which was to make a statement about our having a presence there, Uh, and uh, beyond that, in terms of reaching out and being inclusive, he's done that too, Uh, and created for many people a comfort zone when I ran for the presidency uh, in 84 and 88. And many others uh, thought it was either laughable or something to avoid. He came to our business meeting here in New York because he has this sense of the curious and a will to rest and make things better. And so aside from all of, of his style uh, and his um, pizzazz, he's a serious person was an effective builder of building for the builder of people. last year he was a part of our workshop of our panel workshop on what are the challenges and opportunities and so this a year later, Donald Trump uh, for a few minutes challenges and opportunities to embrace the underserved communities. Donald Trump.
1: I will tell you, a large percentage of the people, and especially in construction, that are building these great jobs are black and minorities, and I'm very proud of it. We have uh, close to 25%, and I think the number's going up. and they do a great job there are no better builders than we have in new york and a big percentage of that is black and minority folks so i just want to thank everybody in the room for being here i look forward to some questions
0: are these the actions of a racist i don't think so and this is just the beginning okay also when trump ran for president in 2016 the person he chose to be the national spokesperson for his campaign was a black woman
1: Trump campaign national spokesperson Katrina Pearson is here with us to talk about this. Katrina, good to see you again. Good morning. Thank you. So what is the campaign's reaction to Chairman Priebus's tweet? Well, Chairman Priebus's tweet has nothing to do with what Mr. Trump is talking about. Sure, the nomination process was set for the last year, but even that could change up to a week before the convention.
0: Why would a racist do that? I I don't know. I don't think he's a racist. But let's go on. Do you remember when Kanye... Kanye, you know, right now he's on top. But he's sometimes on top, sometimes he's on bottom. And I think his lowest point was when he was in Sacramento. He did that rant. He went to the insane asylum. People thought he was a joke. Who knew if he was ever going to recover? He came out. His hair was bleached blonde. He looked slow. He looked weird. He was bloated. It was a strange time for Kanye West. Who, and he was kind of a social pariah at that moment. No celebrities were standing up for him that I'm aware of. Except for one man, and that man was Donald Trump. Donald Trump did a photo op with him.
1: Just friends, just friends, and he's a good man. He's been doing well, long time. We've been friends for a long time. Life, we discussed that.
0: That's what friends do, okay? That's not what racists do for black friends. That was when I was like really impressed. That was a solid that Trump did for Kanye. I, I remember that moment and it, it, was, it was the beginning of the recovery for, for Kanye, who's awesome, I love Kanye. And then, you know, their friendship actually blossomed and uh, he invited Kanye back, when Kanye got back on his feet, he invited Kanye back to the White House and did a press conference and they were talking about cool stuff, like real stuff, like Montessori schools and uh, the stop and frisk law and how damaging that is to the black community, it's real. It's real shit. And then, when ASAP Rocky got arrested in Sweden, which, you know, they were bugging the hell out of him. They whooped the dude's ass who deserved to get his ass whooped, in my opinion, but they got arrested. Kanye reached out to Trump, said, hey, you need to help my man. He's, He's in there, it's crazy. They're saying crazy things. So Trump watched the video, and he was like, yeah, those dudes deserved an ass whooping. And he sends out two texts Two legit texts and a phone call. Not texts, uh, tweets. Which when you have, you know, I don't know how many followers. I think it's like 80 million followers on Twitter. It's a lot. So when you do that, that's power. He didn't have to do that at all. He did it. Why? Because he's a racist? No. Because he's not a racist. Because he loves everybody and he just wants to do what he feels like doing, what he thinks is right. Okay? That's what I think. That's what his actions back up. Eventually, ASAP Rocky got out didn't think Trump. Kind of lame, ASAP. But, you know, whatever. Okay, that's enough with the friends. Moving on to the next. Trump received the Ellis Island Medal of Honor, which is awarded each year in celebration of patriotism, tolerance, brotherhood, and diversity. So Donald Trump won it in 86 alongside Muhammad Ali and Rosa Parks. Hmm. Are they going to give this to a known racist? I don't think so. I don't think so. Could be, but. I don't think so. Moving on. He nominated the first female black general, Lorna M. Mollock, to be the brigadier general of the United States Marine Corps in, in 2018. That's pretty legit, okay? So let's go into the criminal justice reform. Well, legislation. Let's go into legislation. So does he have legislation that's helping the black community, right? Because if you're president, that's what you can do. What did Obama do? What did Clinton do? I'll tell you what Clinton did and Biden they uh biden you know i think he he had a big part in creating the 1994 crime bill and clinton passed it and that is directly responsible for incarcerating an inordinate amount of black men and uh, that's what the democrats did what did donald trump do the racist what he did was criminal reform which was the first step act and it's what he's already done for legislation is more than clinton and obama ever did thank god because when they do stuff it usually is you know backfires but um so the first step back is really powerful, All right? So let's go into it a little bit. So it tackles some of the harsh sentencing policies from the 1994 Crime Bill. Um, it gives new protections to the women and juveniles in the federal prison system to make it just more civil. Like for instance, incarcerated women can't be shackled anymore uh, while they're pregnant. Uh, and it helps them get uh, feminine hygiene products free of charge, so they don't have to decide where they can like pay for the phone to call the kids or buy tampons. Now tampons are free from this. A prison reform bill. You can use this reform bill to get your sentence examined if you're a nonviolent criminal and get reduced sentences. 90% of the people who've done it, I've been black. And also it's kind of the overall theme was turning federal prisons into rehabilitation places so you can heal and not just get punished. This whole thing was about getting prisons to be places of actual rehabilitation instead of punishment. That's what prison should be. That's what Donald Trump passed. It wasn't easy. He got it done. Okay. Um, nobody else did. Clinton didn't, they talk about it a lot. Prison reform, prison reform, he got it done. That's awesome. And it's helping a lot of black Americans. Um, It's not racist. I don't know why a racist would do that with it. So he also um, helped the historically black colleges and universities get more money, more funding, and made it so that they don't have to come back every year and ask for money. Like, yes, you guys are valuable. You shouldn't have to come every year and ask for more money. You should just get this money, it's long-term. I think he made a 10-year deal with them. That's dope, all right? Schooling is important. If you want to help the Black Americans, schooling is big. Um, so the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was signed into law and created a bunch of new jobs for the whole you know, world, I mean the whole country. But one of the things that they did was opportunity zones.
2: The good news on the opportunity zones is this is a way for us not to increase the bureaucracy in Washington or have another government program. These are private sector dollars incentivized to take a second look At some of the distressed communities in our nation and by doing so bring the innovation and the creativity from the private sector back into those communities and make substantial significant measurable change in reasonable time. We are really excited that a part of the tax reform package were those opportunity zones supported by President Trump created by myself and others. This is a chance for us to say to the uneven recovery those folks who live in the distressed communities that we hear you. We see you, and we're coming to bring some opportunities for the private sector to make a bigger difference. Just to be, so I'm real clear, if private sector money moves into one of these opportunity zones yes. and invests in a business and you make a profit, there's no capital gain on that profit. Is that correct? That no is that, that, tax, that. I should say. Exactly. That is the second part of it. The first part is that if you make a long-term investment in one of these zones, you defer your capital gains burden for 10 years if you make an investment between five and seven years. The second aspect of it is as your dollars appreciate in those zones, you pay no capital gains tax if you put a minimum investment, which the Treasury Department will define minimum for us uh, in those areas. So it's a really good opportunity.
0: So that's the opportunity zones. Then there was also the Opportunity Scholarship Funds and Education Freedom, $5 billion a year, right? This is legislation that creates $5 billion a year to help students and families who are low-income to be able to choose what school they want to go to instead of having to go to the local school that's hellish in some you know, inner cities and stuff. No, there's a better school. You can go to that school, and here's funding to, to do whatever it takes to get you there. And if you don't want to go there, you don't want to go there, or you know, it doesn't work out, there's funding to get you tutors. So, like, because if you want to help black Americans, right, get them jobs and get them education and make sure that they're not in prison. If they're in prison, make it better for them. Make it a rehabilitation. This is comprehensive. This is a comprehensive package of legislation to help African-Americans. Why would a racist president do that? I don't know. I don't think he is. He signed into law um, a bipartisan bill aimed at fighting sickle cell disease. Okay. That's directly for, for uh, black people, and that's $5 million each year over the next five years. Okay, so what are the results? What are the results, this? besides a booming economy before the COVID madness? Uh, lowest black unemployment, poverty, and crime rates in history, all right? Pretty awesome. So last but not least, this week, Trump nominated the first ever black Air Force Chief of Staff, General Charles Q. Brown Jr. And no, he didn't do it in response to threats from the BLM movement. He nominated him back in March before the madness was happening. So that's amazing. That's awesome. That's my case against Donald Trump not being a racist. He dates black women. He has tons of black friends. He's created legislation specifically helping black Americans. Um, He's nominated black people into positions of power and done two firsts that I know of in in the military, which is powerful and uh there it is that's my case so if there's other allegations leave them in the comments and i'll slay each one of them if they need to be slayed and if they're not and if there's actual truth in them hey maybe i'll revise my position but from my experience from my understanding the man is not a racist and if you're going to call somebody a racist do it for a real reason because when you call everybody a racist it means the real racists you know it's just It takes the power away from the word. And then it's just bullarky. So that's mainstreaming the facts. Episode one. Much more to come. Um, I'll be diving into different topics. And going deep. And uh, thank you very much. Hit like. Hit subscribe. Post. Share it. You know. Let's find the truth. Let's get to the bottom of things. How about that? How about we have honest dialogue. And get to the bottom of things. So we can all evolve together. On that note. Peace. May the peace never cease, you know what I mean?